your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. And welcome to RSF. We are back. And we are chilling like four gangsters in the night. It is 9 o'clock on the east. Actually, it was supposed to be 9, but we had some problems. And uh, it's actually a little after 10. But anyways, we're doing a Friday night show. <laughs> I fucking all right, all right. said 9.39.45. I had fucking work. May I do my intro? Okay. Anyways, Friday night, we're doing it big. Who needs parties when you got a radio show to do with the with the four best guys in the world? So Thanks, we're gonna, Frank. We're going to start it with the booty bracket. Because we're the three best friends. Tony, he's trying to do a fucking intro. Seriously. And uh, <coughs> we're going to get it down to four today. Our Dr. Bootology, Jerry P, is going to break that down for us and get us down to four. We're also going to make our final four picks. Uh, uh, DeAndre Levy had a very interesting letter that he wrote in regards to CTE and concussions. Um, we also had a particular Los Angeles Laker do some pretty bizarre things involving the locker room activities. Uh, last week we did discuss UFC 200. It has been confirmed. We'll get into that a little bit. And of course, the Red Wings coming off a big win today. There's always a lot to talk about. We're going to end things with that. With that said, after interruptions, I will turn it over to Dr. Preston and hopefully we can have some peace and talk some booty. Thanks for admitting that I am a doctor. Not a, an actual PhD, but I earned this one the hard way. I was staring at butts my whole life. Okay. <laughs> We're going to start off in the lead eight. We go to our first region that we did about three weeks ago. It's uh, We got Elena Blanchard, the surfer, versus my girl from Team USA, gold medalist, Alex Morgan. Part of a class action lawsuit now. Oh, yeah. We'll get into that one. We don't have enough time this week, but next week we'll talk about the wage gap in sports. I got a, a lot oh, to say on that. All right. All right, so uh, we'll go out to the fucking West Coast. Joe, what are you thinking here? Is this R2 right here? Sorry, Joe. Is this R2? Yeah, and Lena Blanchard on the left versus Alex Morgan on the right. Okay. So, as much as, as, much as I like Alex Morgan, um, you know, I have a thing, you know, like, I, I just, man, I like, I like the surfer chicks. Uh, I was in Hawaii for three years, so I learned to love it a lot. So, I, I got to go with Elena. Ooh. Oh, big vote for Elena to start. Tone, tone. Big Tony? Oh, really? I'm going Alex Gator? Morgan. Do you got a reason, or are you just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> you really got a little crush under there, Tony? Yeah, Tony, Tony was like... Yeah, was like I don't need no like, reason. Two weeks ago, and he was like, he's riding Alex Morgan all the way, man. Like, uh, Frankie, where are you going? I, know <laughs> I don't like being put on the spot. I mean, my wife listens. <clears throat> I was once having drinks at a bar called Clam Diggers in Monroe. <laughs> and we were watching We've the... We've all had drinks there. I was watching the women's soccer tournament against Japan. And I, as I was watching the flat screen TV, having my drink, uh, I saw Alex Morgan and her butt, and I fell in love with it. And uh, I'm not going to say it's the best in the world, but for this matchup, I'm going to go with her over the surfer, even though they're both very nice. I'm going to go with my girl, Alex Morgan. Cheers. You know what, Frank? I was going to go with Joey, tied up 2-2. Two to two. We had to figure out a tiebreaker, but that speech you just gave, it was moving and empowering, and that was honestly my 22nd one of the best days of my life. You were right there I'm next gonna, to me. I'm not going to talk about what happened after the bar that night. No, it's going to have to be Alex Morgan into the final four, Woo! representing right, the good old later. U.S. of right. A. Joey, you lose. All right, Andrew. Okay, it's not like I like. It's like my fault. What do the Marines know about booty? <laughs> I'm kidding. Round over. All right, on to the next round. These are 
honestly, probably two of my favorites in the entire tournament. Um, we got oh, wow. Victoria Venucci versus, what's her name again? Oh, Anastasia Ashley. Uh, Victoria, Anastasia Ashley. One's a surfer, I believe one's a diver. I can't really remember from last week. Oh, she's a tennis professional. Okay. Anyways, let's go out to the West Coast. Joe, what do you think? Jesus, Jerry, know your booties. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Research. This is, this is a tough one here. Um, so I, I, just, I just wrote down you for your research. And then uh, I'm going to ask you, who, who's in the, who's in the, uh, the purple there? Uh, Anastasia Ashley. You like that? Anastasia Ashley. Or as Jerry uh, called her last, last week, Anastasia Ashley. Yeah, Ashley. I like it. You know what? I like that so much. I'm going with Anastasia. All I right, have to. Good. I'm sorry. It's, good. it's just the right amount of plumpness. Just made that up. New <laughs> adjective, plumpness. I dig it. I dig it. Tony, over to you. I'm agreeing with Joe here. Anastasia Ashley. Oh, wow. Okay. I got two two Ashleys coming at me. But, uh, man, I like that arch. The arch might be a bias, but I'm going to have to go with Venucci because she's got a nice coochie. <laughs> what? Uh, I'll make this short and simple. It's Ash Ashley, as I've dubbed her. Ashley, give us our first tie, mother of God. Oh, now Frank <laughs> loses. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Frank loses. No, it's cool. I, I honestly, the both. you know, I've been with, you know, I've been with a lot of them in my life, but I've been with different types. I've never been with one like her, and you know, I like to. Yeah, right. On to the next round. Uh <laughs> oh, we got a skier versus a golfer. I did my research on these, Joe. But I'm, uh, Paulina Gretzky, who Krasik picked out from only her rear end. So we know there's been something weird going on in Seattle. Don't tell the wife about that one. Man, this... you labeled it before. I just remembered it. She's a Gretzky. I mean, I like So you're saying her butt looks like we'll leave Wayne it there, Gretzky's? Joe. We know you're a hockey fan, but geez. I don't know what his butt looks like. He has his hockey pants on all the time. Versus uh, the snowboarder slash skier, Lindsey Vaughn. West Coast, where are you going? Everyone's gonna think I'm gay now. God damn. Uh, you know what? Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with you know, that. Oh. You know, I, I'm just. I'm, I look at the pictures here. Um, I'm gonna go with Paulina. Mind the gap, Gretzky. <laughs> you can drop the mic on that one, Joe. Tony. All right, I'm agreeing with Joe again. The great one has a daughter with a great ass. Okay. Tony, you're a fucking man right now. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Wayne Girls is going to come here and beat your ass. Dude. The gray one has a, has a dog with a great ass. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Let the Messiah speak. Oh, you're the Messiah now. Oh, my. Okay. I cannot sit next to you. I do not want to get hit by this bolt of lightning. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Okay, let me speak. No, Frank just thinks he's Mark Messier. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with... Paulina Gretzky as well. But I will say that this picture of Vaughn did throw me off. I would have still picked Gretzky, but this picture of her with this shirt, it just is really a turnoff. If people, it's on the web, it's on the Facebook page, I believe. Yes, it is. I think most of our people would agree with me on that, but I'm going to go with Paulina shirt, Gretzky. Yeah, the shirt kills it. If they had given her like something else, like a... Blame Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, not me. Hey, it's their own fault. But, but hey, well, well, let's, let's, just, let's just talk about this booty for a second. Like, what, what's the rush here? It's not like you got a birthday party to go to or anything. Right. <laughs> Thank Listen, you. Here's, here's my thing. If, if, what if she had like a parka on, but it was like cut off just above the, like the stomach, you know? So it was like this short, like, you know, 
she looked kind of like gangster with it, you know what I mean? But then the, the booty's there, it's like, bow, you know? Cool. <laughs> I like where your head's at. I don't know, I'm just, I'm just thinking about booties right now. That's just spitballing, just spitballing. That's, that's what you're supposed to be thinking about. <laughs> just spitballing right now, okay. Just okay. Just a little brainstorming else. session. Can just a little brainstorming. Are we doing something here? We're brainstorming. It's a Pauline aggressive one. I would have picked Pauline the two. You guys are making fun of me, but I don't know okay. what you want. On to the next round. Thank you. Sharapova versus Kornikova. Both Russian tennis players. They honestly look twins in these pictures. And you know what? I like to be laying in between them in a bed someday. It never will happen, but man can dream. Sharapova, Kornikova. Kornikova's in a blue bikini. She's laying down, propped up. Tits on the smaller side. Sharapova's in a kind of a seductive pose. Knees bent. Some Frank's into. Okay, well, can we go over to Joe, the mean Marine? So, here, here's what I want to say, uh... They both come from Russia with love, uh, and and you know they, the, the photos are good, uh, but I, I have to go with Sharapova. It's just Kornikova's butt is just too flat. It's just way too flat. I, I don't know where her butt ends and her hamstrings begin. It's, Ooh. it's not up. Whoa, Joe! Whoa. Shots fired Whoa. at Russia. A new Cold War. <laughs> Part deuce. I could have said it out of the water, but it wouldn't matter. They're both Russian. I'm kidding, Russian. Tony. I'm gonna go. I'm agreeing with Joe on this one too. Sharapova, man. Oh, she has the youth on her side. Good man. I'm now. Tony Tony knows who he's talking about. I'm now haunted by the the hamstring and butt comparison. Uh, (laughs) But I'm gonna have to agree with these two scholars. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna go with Sharapova. Something about those those eyes. I'd like her to just drink about a half pint of Russian vodka. I'm in staunch opposition to you three. I'm pretty sure Sharapova got caught doping. And that's why she didn't play in the Australian Open. That means she's more of a freak. That's a fake butt, and I will not stand for it in this competition. Kornikova should be moving on, but she can't, okay? She didn't fetter up. She never won anything in tennis, but she's still famous because of her butt specifically. I'm disappointed in you three. She has a butt hand named after. I'm disappointed, and I'll leave it at that. That rant's not going to get her a trophy. Hey, let's calm down for a second. Like, so, you know, she was with fetter off. She, She... she never was a fatter off, but she, she's got a little fatter off in her, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, that's pretty fucking sick, Chuffs. <laughs> All right, and those four have been deleted from the Elite Eight spreadsheet. We have our four winners moving on. We'll have our final four come to you next week. We're going to go four to one. What's the best button sports all next weekend? After this weekend's final four concludes, we're just going to do our picks real quick since the tournament has really turned me off. Personally, I think it's turned everyone loss. off. I think we should just go around and make our picks maybe a brief reason of why. The brackets have all gone to hell. Yeah, so uh, I'm going with Oklahoma. I like Buddy Heald a lot. I think he, you know, he's going to have to put up about 30 a game. But, I mean, what, he's got two games to do it in. It's the last two games of his college career before he goes pro. I'm taking Oklahoma. Boomer sooner, baby. Beast, man. I'm, I'm agreeing with my brother on this one. I really think it's Oklahoma. Well... I'm just going to say Oklahoma, whatever it takes for us to just get out of this topic and go on to the next one. But yeah, Joe, go ahead. Jeez, man, that's so morbid. Sorry. Uh, oh, <laughs> Friends no, doesn't like college basketball unless Michigan or Trey Burke's playing. I really like Buddy Held. Um, but uh, when I saw Villanova do um, last, last game with their defense, I mean, they have a really good defense. And them going up against Oklahoma, I mean, somebody else is going to have to do it other than Buddy. Um, gosh. Villanova just looks really good to me right now. They look like they they, they have this tournament uh, going going pretty well for them. It seems like a lot of bounces are going their way right now. Uh, so I'm going to go with Villanova. 
Nobody on the the onesie, North Carolina, huh? I dig it. Come I just up think next. Gonna, no one cares. They're gonna have a tough game with Virginia, and then they're gonna kind of flop in the final. I mean, I get whatever. No, it's the playing Q's, man. What a bad but tournament. We'll talk, I mean, Syracuse, Syracuse. You know, sorry. honestly, the Final Four is one of my best weekends of sports. I'm honestly not going to be watching this week. I'm going to be at work, and I'm going to be tuning into a couple episodes of The Wire instead of tuning into the Final Four, and then it's honestly depressing. And talking about other depressing things, it's time to talk about concussions. RSF. And we're back. So, hey, uh, another topic we want to talk about today, guys, um, is, is linebacker DeAndre Levy for the Detroit Lions. Uh, recently in the NFL, what, what most everybody knows about is, is the big concussion issue. Um, it's been an issue that's been growing like wildfire for the last couple of years, uh, specifically in the NFL. And it's also been growing in hockey. I mean, you, you even see it in the NHL where uh, they got the quiet room after someone takes a big hit. Um, and, and concussion protocols are becoming more and more strict. Um, the, only, the only issue is right now is some of the players feel like that people are not necessarily informed you know, of all the, uh, of all the, you know, the, that there is to know about, you know, brain injuries and head injuries and things like that. And, uh, and, and really what they're concerned about is that the, the NFL is hiring, um, kind of handpicking doctors and, and certain, uh, publicists to, to, um, uh, speak about these issues. And so what, uh, DeAndre Levy did is he went on uh, Instagram and posted, posted some stuff and, uh, basically came out and, Basically, is you know calling out the NFL, saying, "Hey, like, we're, you know, we we love the sport, like we want to play. You know, there's nothing. We're not trying to vilify the game of football. We 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 just want to know more, you know, about it. And I, I think you made an interesting point here. Um, well, well, first I'll, I'll read a major quote. Uh, he said, "There needs to be more transparency for the players and future players that aspire to get to this level, so they are informed enough to know the risks along with the rewards." So fair enough, right? Now, he said this that I think is the best point. He said, I hate cigarettes, but at least their corporations come out and say, our cigarettes cause cancer. Maybe you'll get it, maybe you won't. Your choice. Being sidelined last year allowed me to look closely at the risks and rewards and make an informed decision that I want to keep playing. Everyone should have enough information to make an informed decision. The next generation of players need to know the rewards and the risks. Now, guys, I... That, that might be one of the best quotes um, and comparisons that a, a professional athlete has made in a, in a couple of years. I mean, the way he said it, I think is professional. It was, it was, it was uh, compared to something relatable. And, and to me, it makes sense on a, on a giant issue in the NFL right now. I agree. I, you did a great job of reading out loud there, Joe. That's one of my biggest fears in life, so thanks for that. And I agree that what he said was really educated and smart. But on the issue of like concussions in football... I, I'm really divided. And you can say I'm seesawing like Frank likes to say to you all the time. But on one hand, these guys are going to hit in the head from a young age to learning to tackle by diving at people's ankles instead of putting their face mask in their chest. But on the other hand, they're getting paid millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars to play a game. And it's not like they're being forced to play it. Anybody who's scared about CTE can simply walk away today. You know what I mean? They all had to go to college. If they would have paid attention in college, they would have degrees. There's nobody in the NFL that's being forced to be there. It's not slavery. They're making millions of dollars. They make way more money than any of us will probably ever make. Okay. I got an opinion on this and a pretty strong one. <clears throat> I think both you guys are right to some degree, but mostly uh, mostly Joe. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying um, look, the NFL, I mean, you said millions of dollars. They're not, it's the big name players, but a lot of these guys, their average career is about four years long. And, uh, you know, they're only making four or $500,000 a year. That's just one of the points. But um, when it comes to concussions, look, 
these guys do deserve to have two things, I think, mainly. One is the right to be aware of what's going on. And you said the right to, who thinks that in their head is it going to hurt your in the long term? That's what, I, what who thought it was a good idea to who smack their head around when they're making a point. 50 years and not, all we need to be aware. Who wasn't fucking smart enough to think that was going to be bad? You can't even let me talk, can you? It's just it's infuriating to me as an normal human being to think they could smash my head. People think they could smash their head for years. Okay, and nothing bad's going to happen. One being informed of what could happen from getting concussions, and two, a little bit of aftercare. That's all. They don't owe them anything else besides that. And yeah, it's easy to say, but let's spell it out so you can get CTE, provide the knowledge, let them make a choice based on all the facts, which I don't think you have, or neither do I, smarty pants, and also give them some aftercare. That's it. And they owe them nothing you know, else. I nothing agree. else. They should have, if you plan on a file, you should have health care for the rest of your life. Informed, in America, true informed you should have consent, true informed consent, and <laughs> aftercare. That's it. Here's the issue. Here's the issue, though, Jerry. Is it's not that it's not that they don't know that they're going to get a concussion because they're they're a lot of these players know that there's a chance to get, get a concussion. They're Thank well you. informed of that. It's the fact that like it's after that concussion that they keep playing. Okay, they don't so know exactly a concussion is basically effect. a bruise on your brain, right? That's what it is. You like bruise your brain. So everybody who's got a boob on their arm has a scar. What do they think was going to happen to their brain if they got a bruise on it? It was just going to heal magically. If that was true, he would be coming back. I just don't... The people spitting the facts out for the NFL are about as much of a doctor as you are, okay? okay. Some guy from Nicaragua or something like that who's not even got an education <laughs> in this country is the one telling these guys who can barely... Some of them can't even okay. read or write. Okay, I like that you put that because the first story they ever did on CTE, they looked at 40 brains, but all those people had depression. They had all the symptoms of CTE, and that's what the study was. It was 40 brains, but had already exhibited the symptoms. That's a self-confirming hypothesis. You don't... When Dan Marino dies, he's living a pretty good life. When Troy Aikman dies, he's living a pretty good life. Look at their brains. I guarantee they show the same traumatic signs, and they're happy as hell. This starts young. Like, they have Friday Night Tikes on Netflix or Esquire Network, and you see these kids laying each other out when they're eight years old. That's what you need to be worried about, not the people making millions of dollars. I think it's really dangerous. They don't all make millions, first of all. You said that. But. Okay, we well say the average career is four years. 300,000 times four is $1.2 million. People, most people work 30 to 50 years in their life, not three to four. What the heck are you talking about? God, for someone so smart. I was talking about people in NFL, Frank. I think you missed my point there. I'm just, just exactly. So what, three, I, four years making three dollars? I think we need taxed? more information on the topic, but I think people are scared of it. Just keep throwing out like, oh, this person committed suicide. Like millions, not, not millions, hundreds of thousands of people have played in the NFL and a handful of them have committed suicide. A handful of people in real life commit suicide, you know? Dude. Yeah, that's a good point. Joe, do you agree though? I'm just, I'm not saying that, you're acting like I'm saying the NFL owes them a bunch of stuff. They owe them two things that I mentioned informed consent, true informed consent, and after. No, I, I agree with you. They do own that, but I'm saying that players acting like they were ignorant to CTE is what infuriates me. That's Does fair. that make that's, sense? That's fair enough. That's like, Levy's comments, like, they need to be informed. Like, at least you know cigarettes cause cancer. Who, you know, to hit your head against something isn't good. Yeah, but the NFL is out there I saying. Mean, hiding it and they're doing their own little studies where then it turns out they're not even including data that they should be including. Are you talking about that New York Times piece that the NFL wants redacted? Because that New York Times piece was as much based in fact as what freaking politicians say. The New okay, York what about the movie Concussion, which is based on fact? That I, The movie Concussion is pretty damning for the NFL, I agree, but the NFL censored that, so imagine how bad it would be without that. I'm not saying that they're not covering it's up. The, the NFL tried to hide the facts of CTE. Okay, yes. Yeah, so and the, I agree. it's not that the NFL needs to be more informative of CTE, but 
players to think they could smash their heads and not have anything bad happen are idiots too. Can you agree with that? I don't think the players thought that. I'm saying that they're thinking like, I don't think this is right, but my boss is the one telling me, oh no, that's people just trying to scare you. We've done plenty of studies. You're <clears> good, bro. And if you want to take the millions of dollars approach, you can take someone like Calvin Johnson, who just retired. The, the informed consent, he's an educated man, Georgia Tech. Some might call him a houseboy. Okay, let's just put it like it is. But he wow. could he could have kept playing for years on. And but Frank, he, he's being racist. But he decided to he decided to to leave, and that probably had something to do with the health risks and things like that. He's he's had his bell rung a few times. It, and look who was the guy from my man from the, the 49ers, Patrick Willis. The, the guys are starting to do it more. They wouldn't have done that before. Hey, Patrick Willis left on his career. I, he was a bad mofo. I think at this point the NFL. Yeah, he was from Mississippi though. He probably couldn't. Even okay, <laughs> we're, we're, we got a pretty good stance on the topic. Like, well, I want to hear a little more from Joe. Please. Okay, so I, I honestly I don't I don't even think it, it's hard it's hard to like for me to put in words right now. I think what Levy's saying is just is, is not on, on that big of a level. I don't think he's really saying that like you know they didn't know that nothing bad was going to happen in your brain. I think there's just a lot there's a lot more things out there that players are worried about that that we're not even talking about right now that that that's not really going public. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, it's like you got cigarettes, right? C- cigarettes, it causes lung cancer, right? That's that's the big cojone, and like the, you you can get throat cancer, you can get all this other shit. There's there's these commercials about all the different stuff. You got that woman who who talks through her neck and stuff. I mean, it's 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 disgusting. You know what I mean? You, and the the, the uh, there's another person missing part of their face. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, the cigarette commercials are right now. There is nothing, absolutely nothing like that out for the NFL right now, and. I, I don't think he's saying that the NFL needs to do that. However, um, there's it, we're, we're at zero, and it, yeah, there's the, the movie concussion or, or whatever. Um, there, there's there's a couple things out there, but it's it's not like it's it's not like it's mainstream, man. It, it's nothing compared to what what you know um, cigarettes is doing to you know help prevent cancer or, or say that they're product. You know, it's like hey, it's here if you choose it. Um, so I, I don't know. That that's that's just my thought process. Is I think I think what Levy's trying to get at is he just wants them to not not crack the door open anymore. He wants them to just open the damn door, let all the facts out, and just be done with it. Basically, basically what you're saying is have someone real tell them the informed facts, not Will Smith. Yes, I can agree with that. So what do you think about the NFL going forward? What do you think it's going to look like, guys? I mean, it's obviously not going to change next year, but I mean, it's easy for us to talk about the problem of CTE, but we also need to talk about a solution. It's a good question to the problem. Be, you know what I mean? It's going to be well, man. Well, here, here's here's one thing: is uh, is is what happened in the Pittsburgh and Cincinnati game? Well, the target, it got, yeah, it got out of control, and, and you see the players doing headshots. Who was that? Mike Wallace? They got knocked out. That was uh, Antonio Brown got knocked yeah. out by Vontaze or Antonio Brown. Brown. That's right. In the yeah, first, Antonio Brown gets knocked out, and you know. I, eyes rolling out the back of his head, and uh, and, and you know the bang, Bengals were—they were just head hunt, man. They weren't out there to win a football game. They didn't have a—they didn't have a damn quarterback. Uh, that, you know, it's just that—that's—that's that's not even football, man. Like that's not even trying to win a game. That, that's just—that's just head hunting, and there's got to be severe <laughs> penalties for that. Uh, and, and and hey, I mean, yeah, that's it's. I, I guess it's part of the game. At the big hits, they're exciting. They're you know they get the fans going. I, I like to see them, but at the end of the day, 
if, if you want to stop this kind of stuff, there's got to be severe penalties for it. There's got to be multiple game suspensions. There's got to be some money taken away. Um, and there, there's got to be some kind of uh, some some kind of protocol, and then they got to put. They gotta put some kind of uh, they gotta put restraints some... on the players, you know. I mean, it's just they also gotta if they're gonna keep going after defensive players for how much how much they tried to do it a year back or whatever. Like running backs couldn't lower their head unless they were. I mean, if they're inside the pile going through the middle, they could. But on the outside, they can't. But that's not offensive players still get away with lowering lowering the boom. You just have to have players play a little more upright, in my opinion. It's it seems like the targeting call or the the helmet to helmet call only kind of applies to the DBs, man. There's a lot of helmet to helmet going on down in the in the hole. Yeah, yeah. if people face mask yeah. to face mask, it's a lot different than freaking. But sort of running back in the outside, a quarterback comes in, he can't freaking put his helmet down and lay him out. But the running back can drop his shoulder, helmet the guy when he's trying to stand up and make a tackle, put his helmet in the lower part of his face mask, and then he's off to the races, making the cornerback look like a chump. And it's really not fair. Well, you presented a question, and I think the answer to it is that the game, as much as I don't necessarily agree with it, I think it's going to get a lot softer. There's people saying that in like 50 years we're not going to have the same NFL that we know right now. It's going to be just compl- might not even exist. Do you guys think that's possible? Uh, no. It is possible. I don't think so. I don't, well, maybe not the same NFL we know. It's going to exist. Great. Devil's advocate here, I guess. The problem is there's always going to be the amount of money in the NFL – they're always going to attract poor people to play it. You know what I mean? So the yeah. NFL really doesn't have to change anything. The NFL could take the stance like, hey, you play at your own risk and not change a thing about the rules, and eventually you're going to get to a level of people where the only chance to make that much money is playing football. You know what I mean? So there's kind of – I see both sides of it. It's only if the outside pressure from us is the only thing that's going to make them change. You know what, too, is the punishment and- – the punishment, the strict punishments, and the strict uh, rules, and all that—it can't start at the pro level. Like, that can't be something that's like, okay, the NFL is doing all this now. That that's got to start in, like high school, because but you know, high school is becoming bigger every year. Um, and you got these you got these high school football teams playing on ESPN now, and, and playing across state and everything. Like it, it's that's it, gonna become a big deal. I mean, you get a concussion in high school, you're off to a pretty bad start in your football career. Um, I think that's a big thing too. Is if you're if you're going to enforce certain penalties to prevent, they say three major trauma, concussions. Uh, you got to you got to take it to high school. Yeah, Yo, you got to go lower than high school. You can't have these kids hit until high school. Another thing they need to do is the college level is restrict the amount of hits they take. Because one of the earlier studies on brain trauma said with a helmet on, you can take about seven hundred hits in a year before it starts getting like really dangerous. And the only level at which they get hit more than seven hundred times a year is college because they don't have limits to like. They practice in full pads a lot more. You know, and it's advantageous to practice in full pads and there's less rules in college because they don't have a union to say, like, hey, we're only going to do full pads twice a week. You know what I mean? Like, in the pros, once the game starts, you go on Monday, game plan, Tuesday you're off, Friday's going to be a walkthrough, there's only two real days of contact, or Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday. In college, they're fucking smacking, laying lumber Monday to Thursday every week pretty much. But I th- think one thing that's going to eventually go away is the uh, kickoff. Yeah, we're already seeing that. Yeah, I because agree. I mean, like, what, what, it's gonna get to the point. Like, what they're doing right now is is they they keep inching it, inching it, inching it. It's like, come on, dude. Like, kickers aren't gonna get worse over time. Like, people are genetically getting bigger. They're getting better. You know, they're working out more. And it's just, I mean, they're they're gonna boot these balls into like the tenth row of the the stadium, and uh, and they're gonna be like, okay, so then now now what's the point of the kickoff? Because these guys are just booting the ball through the you know the damn uprights because they're kicking from the fifty anyways. You know, so. What's the point? Let's let's just have them start on the twenty and go. You know, let's go. And so the bane of the neck, I don't get because they talked about 
moving the the extra points moved back permanently to the 35, which was more exciting this year because we had more missed extra points. But that only creates more contact. You know what I mean? I think they should have eliminated the extra point if you want to until the fourth quarter. You can elect to just take the extra point. You don't have to run your kickers out there. Like, if you want to, to get them warmed up for later, you know, the second quarter, something like that, run them out there. But moving it back to the 35, these players are playing even harder now. Or it's a 35 yards, so it's on the 15, 25, whatever it's on. Uh, 25. It's on the 25, yeah. So we're getting a little off. The good thing about this topic is we're going to be talking about this throughout the summer and as the season starts and progresses. We're going to be talking about this So we can all agree there needs to be some changes made. But to blow yeah, the... there needs to be some change. I mean, we, there, they can't do too many. Like, it's going to have to be, like, a little bit this summer, a little bit next summer. Um, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, some of the changes we're talking about right now, I mean, those are big changes. Yeah, like, coaches came to prepare for that. The season I mean, a big hopefully time. science catches up with the speed of people and they develop a helmet that just does it. You know, you don't get concussed or something, but that's almost impossible, too. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, I mean, anything can happen, you know, in 50 years. But, like Jerry said, I mean, the NFL makes so much money that unless they're not making money, I don't really see anything changing. The, the thing is, it's going to have to be pressure from the outside because if they want to, they could give us all the bird. I'm going to watch no matter what on Sunday when the Green Bay Packers come out. You know what I mean? They could change nothing the whole time when he's saying they need to do something for these people, you know? Yep, exactly. All right, well, thanks for introducing that. Thanks for reading Levy's letter, and we'll be back to you in one second. I got a feeling we're going to get into it. So this week in sports, we had some whoppy news come out of L.A. when D'Angelo Russell, allegedly, he recorded the video and it got stolen off his phone or something. And it came out that uh, D'Angelo Russell videotaped Nick Young saying that he cheated on his fiance Iggy Azalea, as part of a prank war. Obviously, D'Angelo took it too far. But now, it's gone as far as saying it's a bro code violation, right? And they're on ESPN out there. I call them to Mike and the Mike in the morning. And they're saying that... It's, like, unforgivable at this point what D'Angelo Russell's done. So how do you guys feel about this topic? Like, being videotaped secretly, fucking letting it know you're being cheated on your fiancé, bro code, where do you guys stand? All right, I got, I'll take the second on this one. I can already tell by the tone of your voice that you're denouncing the bro code. We'll get to that in a minute, but look, man, you've played sports. I play basketball with you a lot, just across that bridge over there, and it's a team game. Okay, it's a team game. It's like anything. Joe's a Marine. We've all played sports growing up. There's a brotherhood. There's a camaraderie. If Joe's going out into the field, he's got to be able to trust that guy next to him. If I'm going to go out on the courts or the the roller rink, wherever I'm going, I'd like to trust that person. He took a phone unknowingly to the the man he was talking to, his quote-unquote brother, teammate, brother of the sword in, in a metaphorical sense, and taped him admitting in locker room talk, which we all know is sacred, that he cheated on his wife and then put it out for the fiance, world, for the fiancé, wife, fiancé, for the world to see, and it went viral. That, to me, anything more absurd than that, it's the bro code. It's the bro code. You don't break it. And now it is going to affect his money. Like you said to me off the air, it's going to affect his money. It's going to affect his trust with teams. And you know what? This, something like this could ruin a guy's career. He's only 20 years old. He's a high-round pick. He's supposed to be high hopes for the future for the Lakers. And now what? He right. broke the bro code. And go ahead and bash the bro code because I'll take it right now. I'm not bashing the bro code. But what I'm saying is the bro code isn't a law. It's not written down like don't murder people. And ESPN, as well be. ESPN is treating D'Angelo Russell like he just took the bomb to Belgium, honestly. That's how bad they're making out. They said it's unforgivable what he did. You know how many people, 
Donald Sterling was videotaped or recorded against his will. Was that unforgivable what she did? No. Riley Cooper was videotaped against his will. Was that unforgivable what that That's person did? That's not bros. No, it doesn't. She's not a bro. I'm just bro. saying it's not unforgivable. It's messed up what he did, but he's young, and it was a mistake. You know what would have solved this whole thing? Nick Young, not cheating on his fiance. You ever heard the old expression? Oh, he sounds like a schoolgirl. He sounds like a schoolgirl. Wow. Whoa. You make your bed. You, you, you act like he's a toddler. He's 20 years old. He's not two. What do you mean he doesn't know any better? He's 20 years old. These athletes are sheltered. Yeah. Oh, my God. What I'm a schoolgirl. Joe, knew- please. Please. Here's the thing. Byron Scott has even said that part of his biggest issue with D'Angelo Russell is how immature he is and how immature he acts. All right. Well, let's just go tell all our deepest, darkest secrets to, for the whole world for our teammates. Well, Great. First of all, anybody who's cheated knows you never mention that shit to anyone if you don't want to get out. Dog. It, the perp will have the reason why you cheated so you can go with your boys in the locker room and talk about it and fist bump. <laughs> Joe, you've got to step in here, please. You know... For the core. Yeah. For you the core. Cheated. What? Oh, what's up, Frank? Frank, Frank. You mentioned the core. You know what gets you kicked out of the core? Adultery. Oh! Boom. Wow. Drops the metaphorical mic. Is your wife in the room? Is that what's going on? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, look at him smiling. Of course, she's probably going to listen to this later. Why don't you move to Chicago? Dude, all right. So I'm like, so all three of you are against me. No, you no, shouldn't have did it, no. so it wouldn't happen. So I'll we'll just go. I'm gonna start taping y'all. There's some shit so, you say so to me on, all the time. On, hold on, hold on. So, wow. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take, uh, I'm gonna take both sides on this. For one, for one. Of course. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't cheat on your, you shouldn't cheat on your girl. That's number one. Okay. Got and you shouldn't record your bros. They're both scumbags. And then two. Yeah. And then two. You don't, uh, you don't do something that's gonna ruin the, the damn team and create all this controversy. You know how news is these days. You know how social media is. So they're both retarded. They're, they both should be kicked out of the NBA. And who cares about the NBA? The NBA sucks anyways. First of all, playoff basketball is great basketball. Second of all, I agree that what D'Angelo did, Russell did was wrong, but to call it unforgivable and act like he's the worst person on the earth, that's not the way you're treating him on SportsCenter. I couldn't believe they were saying this shit about this young man, honestly. Like, what this he did was, young man. He's 19. When I was 19, first of all, that's a really funny prank. He really got Nick Young. So Nick hurts. Young's been a little butt hurt, if you ask me. You know? He's talking to his wife, just like I said. But oh, he is talking to his wife. Yeah. So, but uh, basically, I I've known you guys for over a decade. Frank, now, I have secrets I, of yours that I will take to my grave because of the bro code. But it's not like breaking the bro code is actually something that whole bros before whole things only works when you're not the one with the hoe. I just can't believe what I'm seeing. Over a decade, people have known these gentlemen. I, I was, I, I, there's not much in this world that shocks me. I was expecting a completely... I didn't even have to brief these guys. I, thought, I was so sure that this wasn't going to go I this way. I think this story should have been a couple of on ESPN. Say, the guy and, cheated on, I mean, dude, he cheated on Iggy Azalea, man. Dude. It's Iggy. Hey, she got it's a dong, to, too. It's I to the GGY. So we should just... The, the she locker, fancy. So the locker room, should from now on, should She's just be like the real world, She's right? The locker room should just be like the real world now, right? We just put it on TV. No, where where can a man have a secret amongst men anymore? I agree that it should be secretive when Daniel Lawrence no. was wrong, but I don't think it was that bad. There, you had to admit mentioned. that the outpouring of support for Nick Young is a little right, unnecessary. You know what right, is a Ten Commandments? Do not 
Somebody okay, cast you. Not cheat on your wife is one of all daughters of the Ten Commandments. There ain't crap drug, about drug. snitching drug. in the Ten Commandments. Drug, Usa, Usa. What's your Usa? You're taking it out of control. Um, I think lying is in there somewhere. Snitching ain't lying. Snitches telling the truth. <laughs> snitches gets you stitches. Hey, listen. Uh, here's my thing. Bros keep certain secrets. So remember when I proposed to Kristen? Who who knew about that? All three of us sitting at this table. Big guys sitting at that table right now. Did we tell Kristen? No, because it was so surprising. My wife, who was also in the car with us. Okay, yeah, she had to know too because that was part of the whole situation. Yeah, I, I get it, but like your entire family. To a certain. Okay, shut the fuck up, Tony. Let the man make his point. To a certain extent, though, it's things like that that you should have bro code and and, and keep a secret. But I'm like. Like okay, so say there's like, there's like a past event. Say like I, like like I, like I, you know, was super drunk and walked in the middle of the living room in front of everybody and started pissing on the floor. I mean that's like an embarrassing thing, right? But I, I mean I didn't cheat on her. I didn't I didn't cheat on anyone. I just dumped drunk and pissed on the floor. Joey, did you I, piss I, yourself for again? The that never happened. I'm just saying that's something the pros keep uh, uh, behind <laughs> locked doors, and, and you know you just keep that to yourselves, or you know what I mean, or something something embarrassing in the locker room that happened that has that's not related to. Cheating on your on your damn fiance, like you just just don't cheat, and then you have a secret. Have, have different. I'm not. Secrets. No, you guys are taking the argument and you're twisting it. No one's advocating cheating on their spouse or significant other. This guy saw his way. No, 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 no. No one ever said it's cool to cheat on your girlfriend or your wife or your fiance. No one ever said that. It's just saying when you're in the locker room under the the unspoken, which should be domain of the bro code, you just don't record your boys talking. Freely, and I put that in quotation marks. I mean, here's the here's the thing. They're both scumbags because yes, Nick Young cheated on Iggy Azalea, which is wrong. But D'Angelo Russell, at the same time, is also a scumbag, which is worse. It's what not was? worse. It's they're both equally <laughs> morally <laughs> reprehensible things that they did. Basically. I great use some moral. I can't even say morally irreprehensible. Morally reprehensible. Tony threw out the seven letter words today on his fucking night off. All right, but, but I'm just saying. I mean, he. I, yes, it's your teammates' it, trust that you broke because a you secretly recorded him and b you put it out there. If you don't agree with him cheating on his girl, be like, "Yo, bro, don't tell me that crap. You shouldn't be cheating on your girl, dude. Don't <laughs> be fucking around behind her back. I think it's wrong. But and if you don't, it's ask. You know what's even more messed up is if Russell was putting up forty a night and taking the Lakers to the playoffs, they would have cut Nick Young already. And said, like, we don't agree with cheating and had a statement. But because D'Angelo Russell's only put up, like, 39 once, they're letting this play out and have some drama so people oh, care you about mean the Lakers like how, again. Guys, uh, Detroit, like, out of nowhere, traded FSL Garcia to the White Sox. I got to say one more thing here before, because Jerry's already in the hurry. You know what, can I say I one more thing we're going to talk about today? And we should have Kevin Durant's comments on Detroit. We're going to bring that up next week, people. Because Kevin Durant, you know, he hasn't won crap, and he's an asshole for making fun of Detroit. I don't see that on the show sheet, man. I'm trying to talk. Sorry, Frank. It's all right. It's all right. We're, we're, we're teasing for next week, Tag. He's right. teasing for next Come on. Yeah, well, he's in a hurry. I just want to make one more point. What's he in a hurry for? We all know. But look, <laughs> if you guys... The party's going to go until 4 a.m. You're not going to miss shit. It doesn't start for another two fucking hours. Okay. So we all have our favorite athletes, okay? Multiple. You guys are insane. You're not insane. I'm just saying you all know. You know better, I should say. Most, I'd say, if not a majority of athletes cheat on their girls. It's an unspoken, it's a thing that everyone knows. Every journalist, 
Every player, it's pretty much known. Yeah, it's basically so don't kid a yourself. known fact, but at the same time, it's still not making it right. You know what? They actually, all do it. Actually, you know what? I was uh, Frank's actually showing me a little bit of light there because they almost all do cheat, and they probably talk about it all the time. And though I said earlier you shouldn't talk about it, I still think that. You got to take stuff like that to your grave if you really want to have it be a secret. You know, they all do cheat, and like... You think Aaron Rodgers and getting a little something, something on the side? Hey, I love you more on the road with the man. It's only a 16-week season. Come on, man. Do you think Megatron wasn't getting his mittens on something on the road there a little bit? You know, sticking his fingers in place. You're picking like the nice players in the NFL. I know, I'm just saying. Russell Peterson and his seven wives. All these guys just, you think it's all, you know, roses and candy and sugar? It's not. And you don't do that in the locker room. I don't, I just Or is it, or is it roses, candy, and sugar on the road? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm a little disappointed. I'm sorry I yelled at you, Gerard. It's just I'm very No, I get, I get why you're disappointed, and I get the whole oh, vocal thing. Oh, you apologize now, Frank? You're getting soft? Well, I just inter- I, I yelled at Gerard, and I felt bad. I We've felt known bad. since episode oh. three when Frank apologized for the profanity that Frank's soft. Come on. I've been called soft, whatever, but I'm just saying, oh, guys, right. you don't break the bro code. You don't break the bro code. I can't say it enough. People out there, we have... Over a th- we have like what twelve hundred listeners now. All twelve hundred <laughs> of you, hear me now. You don't break the bro code and you don't videotape your boys in the locker room, no matter what the circumstances. And don't shit on your girl, but that comes second. <laughs> you know what, Frank? That was round of applause for Frank. Round of applause. That was. You know, oh I still think God. that all this is an overreaction and us talking about it adds to it, so we're kind of part of the problem. What Frank just said was a great statement. It's also gonna be the last thing I hear from the show because I gotta take off. These other two are going to get Boo! you down. So, uh, the last three people uh, are going to get you UFC 200 and some Red Wings action. I'm sorry. Call me soft. Call me a baby. But I got to get out of here, people. It's late on a Friday, and I work tomorrow. Now, Drive really fast with your eyes closed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a violation <laughs> of Roka. Yep. Leave us in the trenches. Take grenades. I will be falling breaking two front teeth. Goodbye, Gerard. We'll be back. RSF. All right, and we're back. I just had to... Uh, Quench my thirst. I got a little heated about the uh, the Russell stuff there and the bro code and all that. We're cooled down, but it's about to heat right back up. <clears throat> Last week's episode, we discussed UFC 200. There was a lot of uh, deep, detailed rumors about the McGregor versus Diaz rematch. There was a little bit of discussion of whether it was going to be at 155 or 170. And it's now official. There will be a rematch at UFC 200 July 9th. It will be McGregor and Diaz, and it will be at 170 pounds. Um, me and Tony got into it. I actually was correct on one of my predictions in saying that there should be a rematch and it's at 170 and also that his boy, apparently Frankie Edgar should fight Aldo and they're actually going to be doing that for the interim featherweight title and the winner will face McGregor regardless of the outcome against Diaz. I know that's a lot to handle, but the bottom line people is it's going down July 9th and McGregor will be facing Diaz again. And we're going to talk about who's going to win uh, why, how, what round, how, whatever you guys want to talk about, and we will turn it over to Tony, our expert. Yeah, I mean, I am kind of our resident expert on your seat. Enlighten us. Thank you for that, Frank. Yeah, I mean, they just added both these fights officially to the UFC 200 card, which they added a few other fights this week. I mean, this card just keeps getting more and more stacked. I'm already pumped for this event, and it's a little over three months away, and I can't wait for it. Like Frank just said, the headliner will be because it's the headlining fight will be five rounds at 170 at 170 pounds between McGregor and Diaz. I mean, 
Diaz's camp and McGregor's coaches wanted the fight at 155. McGregor said, no, I want this at 170 just like the last one. Diaz has already come out, kind of thrown a few uh, statements out there against McGregor saying, you know, this fight was a gift to him because of the fact that he lost the last one and even though he doesn't deserve it. And also you got the Frankie Edgar Jose Aldo for the interim featherweight title because McGregor was supposed to have that one fight where he moved up, then he's supposed to go right back to 145, and now he's not. So they're doing an interim title there, which, uh, I mean, Jose Aldo, it's going to be interesting. It'll be his first fight since his loss to McGregor. And you got Frankie Edgar, who's been reeling off win after win. And I'm thinking, I mean, win or lose, you know, McGregor's facing the winner of that fight, which... If I'm the UFC, I'm hoping that's Frankie Edgar and you set that thing up for the fall at Madison Square Garden with New York now legalizing MMA and that'll be, you know, probably the biggest card in UFC history when you got a headliner between McGregor and Edgar for Madison Square Garden. But also, I mean, this card, we're looking at Travis Brown, a.k.a. Mr. Ronda Rousey versus uh, Kane Velasquez, who Kane's coming back from an injury for this fight. Uh, for, who's and Kane's a former heavyweight champion. You got Kevin Gastelum, who was on The Ultimate Fighter a few seasons back, facing former welterweight champ Johnny Hendricks. Uh, Gegard Musasi, who I mean, he kind of built his career overseas in Japan and stuff, but he's been fighting in the U.S. The last few years, had some success. Uh, fight that isn't between guys who are really title contenders anymore. But two guys, Diego Sanchez, who was on season one of The Ultimate Fighter. I think he was the actual season one winner in his weight class. And you got Joe Lozon, who was on season five of The Ultimate Fighter. Two guys who've been in the UFC for a long time and are known for fights that are exciting bloodbaths. I mean, you're going to see two guys who are both well-rounded. They can fight on their feet. They can fight on the ground. It should be a good fight. Uh, Takenori Gomi who is another guy who built his name in pride, hasn't had the greatest success in the UFC, but he still had a lot of success in the UFC, versus Jim Miller, who's another guy that should be another exciting fight. So I'm trying to let the people just know what say they're going to see. I mean, this is bit. a great card. I mean, if we wanted to give some quick early predictions now, I mean, I think... Uh, Diaz will win again, but at the same time, I mean, part of the reason they got this rematch is there's a lot of people saying that when the when his opponent got changed to the last minute, McGregor hasn't said this, but there's been a lot of people in the MMA community saying that McGregor did not take that fight seriously, and that's why he lost. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, that's, that's kind of a big deal. When your fight gets changed last minute, it's a heavier fighter. Um, you know, you have a certain style of fighting, and then you, you fight a guy who probably takes hits from heavier dudes and so uh you know eventually he's just able to weather the storm and and uh take on mcgregor but i think i think mcgregor's gonna come at this fight a lot differently i think he's he's got kind of some revenge in his head uh he's hungry and the guy's a fantastic fighter i think he's gonna put on a, a couple more pounds to uh to, to be able to you know have some more power and uh yeah i don't, I don't think he's gonna like you know go away from his style too much but I think he might come into the fight a little, a little bit bigger, a little, little bit, little bit, uh, a little bit stronger, um, 
and he's, he's going to study the hell out of Diaz. So I, I, I'm going to stick with McGregor um, to, to take the second round. There's two things that really stick out to me for this fight, and that's a good point you made, Joe. I think I'm going to go with McGregor too, but I'll just preface with that. But I'm saying one of the two things is you mentioned cardio. And uh, Diaz went on record and said that cardio can be a black belt in itself. Just like you got to know jiu-jitsu, wrestling, striking, you got to know how to balance your cardio. And if McGregor can't do that, then he's going to have a bad day and it's probably going to turn out the same way. But I think he will. And like you said, I think he'll take it more seriously. So that's interesting because going into that fight, McGregor looked a lot better shape, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, you would figure with only 10 days notice and no camp, Diaz would be the one who would gas out. But it wasn't that way, as we saw. So cardio and how they use their energy efficiently, it's just a funny way of saying, you know, he got burnt out. So he, I don't think that's going to happen again. But the other thing <coughs> that I, uh, I was looking at is Diaz also uh, said after the fight, immediately after the fight, that uh, he didn't have much chance to, to spar for sparring. And McGregor, as we saw in the fight, if you really watch it, which we all did, he had a lot of success with that left hand, and it was connecting a lot. And Diaz has gone on record saying that if he gets you know, a good week, two after a week or two of striking, he's a totally different, different fighter. And is he going to have that success with that left hand again, which is you know, he's not much of a wrestler. It's going to be a stand-up thing if McGregor's going to do it. So I think that left hand and cardio are the two key factors. But I'm going to have to go with the money fighter, and uh, he's going to have a lot of dedication and I just, I'm going to go with McGregor just as being a fan, but I happen to be a fan of both of them right now, just a little more McGregor. So, Well, I mean, with McGregor, it's one of those things where he normally, when he connects with that left hand the way he was against Diaz, he's putting guys to sleep, and he wasn't doing that to Diaz. Right. And I think part of that is it discouraged him because he's, he's, you know, you watch that fight, he hits him probably a good eight to ten times clean, with it at clean, least. Yeah. You know, and you're sitting there going... I've hit this guy with a punch that's usually a one-shot knockout, you know, ten times now, and he's still standing there taking it and telling me, come on, fight me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It gotta, I mean that's got to affect your confidence a little bit. But actually, I got a little bit of uh, UFC breaking news here, it looks like. I read it, yeah. uh, Daniel Cormier, who's the current uh, light heavyweight champion, he was scheduled to have a rematch with John Jones coming up here. Uh, later on in April at UFC 197. Uh, the bout looked like we weren't sure what was going to happen with that after John Jones uh, got arrested after a few traffic citations and had to go and before a judge to figure out if he was going to face any jail time since he is on probation for that uh, felony hit and run charge. But, uh, it, but Daniel Cormier, it's saying, has... Uh, Leg injury, and he has been forced to pull out of the fight. I mean, it's being reported by ESPN. It hasn't been confirmed by UFC officials yet, so we'll kind of keep an eye on that in the next couple of days. But, I mean, this could kind of be a big – this could kind of hurt Jones. I mean, he was looking – he was coming back, first fight back, because he got stripped of the title after uh, the felony hit-and-run incident. And Cormier, who had just lost him, then got a shot at the vacant light heavyweight title. And won it, and he was now going to defend it against John Jones, and now that bout's going to be off the 197 card, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, they give Jones a short notice replacement, or both of them are just going to sit until they can fight each other. Which I mean, the last time they were scheduled to fight, there was a lot of uh, issues with injury and trying to get it to set up. So I mean, I'll just kind of throw that out there for everybody. 
That is breaking news, man. That's crazy. It's gonna. We'll we'll see what they're gonna do next. It's kind of like you know see how see how it goes. But that is uh, that is interesting. That was a very highly anticipated fight, and at a time where you know these cards are a lot of buildup going on, a lot of excitement, and uh, that was one of the ones that people really wanted to see. Yeah. You know that that's a that's actually kind of a bummer, actually. But you know. well, I mean, because here's the thing. I mean, John Jones always tried to like keep this squeaky clean image, and then now since he. Uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of falling apart. But now he's kind of been more of like I'd say himself. Like I'm not this you know clean cut dude. I'm about fighting and cocaine. <laughs> yeah, cocaine apparently. <laughs> no, that's that's a bummer. Well, they'll they'll make it right. I mean, you know, Dana, Uncle Dana has always found a way to make things right, and they'll they'll, yeah. they'll adjust to the adversity. But I mean, and I mean with him and Cormier, it's like it's not one of those where it's manufactured. Uh, dislike or anything like that. They, these guys actually dislike each other. There's a lot of bad blood between them because both of them have talked a lot of shit about each other. And Cormier has... Uh, he's one of the co-hosts on UFC Tonight. So when he's on that show, he loves to talk shit about John Jones. I'm sure. And kind of put him on blast. And I mean, that's part of the reason he got the title shot in the first place was because of all of his uh, hosting gigs and stuff he does for the UFC. Every time John Jones fought or anytime he was brought up, he's always like, oh, I want to fight him, and he talked a bunch of shit. <laughs> he got him, he talked his way into getting his ass beat in well, the first fight, so. We'll see what happens. Can we get a prediction out of you for the, an early, you have the right to change the pick. Yeah. Can we get a McGregor and Diaz prediction out of you? Not yet? Or I'm, I'm expert gonna, isn't allowed to pick yet? Or no, I'll, I'll, my early prediction is going to. Where gonna, are you leaning? How about that? Not a prediction. Where are you leaning? Right now, I'm leaning towards Nate Diaz. I mean, you got to see what happens. Not broke, don't fix it, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, Joe, we putting you to sleep over there. You got something to say? <laughs> oh, I want to hear some prediction. I'm waiting. He, he picked Wait Diaz. Patiently. I'm taking Diaz again. I mean, I thought last time that it was a good matchup for Connor because Diaz isn't known for his wrestling. He's he's known for his jujitsu. He's more of a after he gets take after you attempt to take him down that you see him on the ground. Where I figured neither of these guys really going to take it to the ground. And then with McGregor, it was like he did a half-ass shot, and that's how he got submitted, was he tried to take it to the ground. And, I mean, Nate Diaz has great takedown defense, and he's great at defending a good wrestler. And McGregor is a horrible wrestler. So, I mean, I figured it was going to be on the feet, and McGregor even said he gassed out, and that's why he tried to take it down was to try and – uh wear Diaz down, but Diaz is a guy you're not going to be able to wear down. Diaz has always been known for the fact that he has cardio for days, so. There you have it, Joe. Do you have a prediction or what? Come on. This guy's got 24-hour duty tomorrow, man. He's catching up on his sleep over there. I already said McGregor. Oh, well, you didn't say why, though. Why? Yeah. I, I think he's going to come back a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, some more endurance. And uh, I, I, like I said, I, I think he's going to study the hell out of Diaz. I think he's going to he's going to look at the uh, the issues he had last time. Um, both both fighters are going to have you know a certain amount of time, but I, I think McGregor is going to really prepare for this. And I think uh, I think I think his, his shots are going to mean a little something, a little something more than they did last time. I love it. All right, let's let's go uh, a little up more your your alley, man. We saved the best for last. The show is based on hockey. And we're going to talk the Red Wings. Yeah, I've been, I've been waiting to get my hands on this one. Well, why don't you just go on ahead and just do it up, brother? We're, we're living in your world now. Go. 
So, hey, uh, not a bad week, um, but also not a great week. I The, the biggest dagger, I, you know, I hate to start with the worst game. God, that Montreal game, man, I, I thought I thought we were really seeing a uh, <sighs> a, 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 turn, a turning of the page there, man. We we were starting to frustrate, and Montreal was losing their minds. They were taking bad penalties. That idiot Brown or whatever they have, uh, you know, took took a couple penalties. Cronwell being smart, not fighting them, understanding the the, the situation, uh, not not only in the game but the season. I thought I, I thought that was a better move by Cronwell, and we ended up getting up three to two. Well, then we show up yeah. in the third period, and, and, and there's there's the good old Red Wings of uh, 2016. Uh, you, you blow the game in the third, so um, that's been an issue for Detroit now, consistently throughout this entire season. The the games that we have won, uh, but God, every one of these games has come down to the wire, and and the reason is they fall asleep. So Buffalo up three nothing, win three two. Montreal last week up four nothing, win four three. And then tonight, uh, good win, but up three to one on Minnesota, and we, we had to pull it out three two. I mean, if we're up by a goal going into the third period, um, you got to hope the Red Wings score one early so they can hang on to a two two plus uh, goal lead go, going into the end of the game there because their their defense they just don't have the ability to lock down. They don't have anybody back there right now that's that kind of is able to lead them in that department. Um, yeah, man, I, the Red Wings. The Red Wings have four games left here. It's coming down to uh, to a quick quick finish here. Um, they have Toronto tomorrow. Then they follow that up with the Flyers and uh, the Bruins. And then they'll, they'll wrap the whole thing up with the Rangers, which in theory they should win that game because the Rangers are, are in and uh, they'll be resting some players. So uh, if you ask me, it doesn't matter who we play. Um, we could we could have played all the top the top seeds. Um, in our final four here, we, we got we got to win four straight, boys. There, there's no there's no room for error here. We win four straight, and I think we're in. Well, if we, we if we do win four straight, we're definitely in because oh, because then we beat Boston. Yeah, because we're only a point behind Boston, and we'll, then we'll be ahead of them and we'll beat them. And what is it with Boston, man? We can't catch a break when it comes to wins and losses, and we're doing scoreboard checks, man. Every time we seem to win, they what they can't lose a game. My we God. have a golden opportunity. It was literally, it seemed like we were trying so hard to win that game against Montreal, and then the second they said on TV, like, oh, hey, this game just ended, they must have announced it in the arena, too, and then the Red Wings went, oh, well, we got a great chance, let's make sure we don't lose this, and they just completely fell apart, and they stopped doing what was successful in that game, it was complete crap. Oh, well, yeah, it is what it is, man, it's just a tough break, but we gotta keep moving forward, and... You said there's only four games, man. This is it. You know, we've been talking about this for for weeks now, and this is it. Toronto, it's got to be a win, guys. I mean, I, I know we're not the best of teams now, and we're not to catch a late run, but it's Toronto. We're better on paper, and we got to win that game. You're playing Philly after that. We've been dogfighting with them. They, they got our number last time. We owe them one, and if you're a true team, if you want to deserve to be in there, which – after that Pittsburgh game, I almost lost hope. We got wrecked 7-2 on that Saturday afternoon. But you got to beat Philly. If you got, That's redemption in my mind. Redemption and heart and grit. And then you got to win the last two. Boston there, too. we got to win that. But four would be awesome. Three out of four, I'll take. And I think we're in. And the, the playoffs, it'll be a new uh, blank canvas, and we can paint our own picture from there. So here, here's the thing. Uh, we have Toronto tomorrow. And Boston had Chicago on Sunday, so that, in theory and on on paper, should work in our favor. Uh, it just depends how Chicago plays them. If Chicago 
is uh, let's let's take a look here. Chicago's uh, kind of. I mean, they're they're pretty much safe as a as a third seed there. Um, and, and they're they always seem to bring it though. But yeah, they, I mean, yeah, the understanding is, is uh, you don't want to go limping into the playoffs. Chicago just got off kind of a bad streak. I think they're going to be looking to get hot by being a good team, by being by right now a, a playoff team. I think they're they're going to want to get hot here and and win a game on Sunday and have some momentum going to the playoffs. And then in the last two games. You know, that then they can kind of start resting guys and all that stuff. But I think they're going to want to get a big win on NBC on Sunday. And then Detroit, you, you gotta you got to understand the situation. The maturity, the growth has to start now. I, I know it's been a struggle for these guys. they got a lot of young players. I've been I've been brutal on the Red Wings all season, mostly the management for, for not trading and not helping these guys out. Uh, but th- this is why I wanted to have them make a trade. We needed some veteran presence. Or some other players, you know, you either go one way or the other. You either go for it or you don't. I think they should have gone for it, gotten a veteran player to help them out, make a trade, and and these kind of, you know, you have that locker room presence, you have that feeling that hey, we're we're gonna do this, uh, that calmness in the locker room. But right now, I, I just think there's there's a lot of young dudes who just are not mature enough to understand the situation or not rising up. And uh, I know I know Zetterberg's been getting a lot of assists. But that dude's got to put in a couple goals tomorrow night or something. He's he's got to he's got he's got to make some stuff happen. Yeah, I've been very disappointed with Zetterberg, despite the assist. I feel I feel like though when like when Zetterberg scores, um, it gets these boys going. I, I don't know what it is when he when he gets going, the whole team just starts it just starts running like clockwork. But well, let's, uh, let's see some of that. My God, th- this is a big weekend to me. To me, uh, this is a big weekend here, and then we have the. the Biggest back-to-back games probably in the last uh, 20 years. Um, Philadelphia and Boston, the two teams were battling neck-and-neck neck with, and we get, them, we get them one right after the other. They, they lined them up right there for us, um, and, and it's, it's no better than controlling your own destiny at that point. you, you got to go out there and just get the win. You, you scratch your claw. You, uh, you finish your checks. It, it's playoff hockey, and all the way to the end, you got to beat the Rangers too. Don't leave any room for error. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing is, I mean, we said it before, and it's still, it's still true. The Wings control their own destiny. destiny. And that's the thing is, they've been controlling their own destiny for so long, and when they've blown games, they've gotten lucky that other teams have also lost. Which is kind of like the karma of us winning games finally a couple times, and then other teams going ahead and winning right hand in hand with us. But yeah, you know, it, it saddens me. But I mean, like I said, it is. But it, it saddens me that we have to sit here and pretty much do algebra with other teams and all this stuff, and talking about different scenarios. It saddens me that this isn't Red Wings playoff talk. We should be talking about who we're going to blow out in the eighth seed. But we're in a new time, and um, it comes down to four games. And like you said, man, you got to play playoff hockey. For, for Our playoffs have started. You know, it started a while ago, but this is four games. It's a series. you got to win all four. Sweep this next four games, and like I said, we will start off fresh. And we'll take our team as it is. There should have been a lot of moves. There should have been a lot of things, but we're here, and this is our time. We can't go out. We can't lose faith in our team now. If we're going to go down, we might as well go down with the ship. Yeah, I think... I think tonight was a good start. We had, you had five games left. When you look at it, five games, it's, it's not a lot of games. And when you when you look at it from a, from a big-picture perspective, yeah, you take it one game at a time, but, like, dude, like, you say not, don't look too far ahead. I mean, five, five, dude, it's like it's one week of hockey. Like, oh, yeah. you have to look at the whole – you have to look at the big picture right now because the big picture has gotten pretty damn small. Uh, 
you got to win four more games. Oh, I'm with and you. I'm with you. They, they have told you know, yeah, and man, like by the way, Mantha scored two goals uh, so far in this campaign, so he's he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I think he's looking better. I, I really do. I think uh, I think the fly. I think the Philadelphia game was a pretty rough start for him. Just the, the I mean that that was a playoff game, and they, they brought him into that one. He had some good chances, but uh, uh, a couple couple of his goals that they're dirty ones. But you get him where you can. He's he's due for he's due for a blazer though. I think he's he's due for a show off that wrist shot. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah, we know you love Mantha. You got a man crush on Mantha. Frank hates Mantha. I'm just saying, God. Let's just focus on the task here. What's wrong with Anthony Mantha, man? Uh, he's a me. good star, but we have bigger things to worry about. All right, he, he just needs to score as many goals as he can. Then we'll talk. I'm just saying. He's out of line with that, so he's your boy. You're damn right, it's my boy. He's proven himself. He has proven himself. We gotta, we gotta get into the playoffs, man. And I, you just never know in the playoffs. It's hockey. It's the one sport where you can do things. But I'm not gonna jump the gun. We gotta win these games. And I'm gonna ask you this, Joe. Gerard is not here to defend himself, but he turned over, and he doesn't think they're making it. He even said to me in the basement today when I was getting my workout, and he said, I said, oh, the Wings score, and he was playing Halo, as usual, and he said, oh, darn it, I don't want them to win. I predicted them not to make the playoffs. I don't like being wrong. But you, I'm going to ask you, will they do it? You know what? If I go down, I go down with them. I can't, I can't. You give me crickets? I was waiting. Yeah. Jeez, man. Uh, Speak. If I go down, if I go down, I'm going down with them. I'm I'm going to say yes. I'm going to, I'm going to have faith in my team. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was not happy at all with the Red Wings. And you and said they wouldn't. Now you're saying they're making the playoffs. Now I say, I'm saying they are. They're making the playoffs. Boom. All I think, right. I think... Uh, we have, we have we have Philadelphia at home, and man, how sweet would it be to go into Boston and just put the smackdown on those assholes right in front of their crowd? We will, and say sayonara, have fun golfing, boys. Well, it wouldn't knock Boston out of the playoffs; it just knock them. Uh, actually, yeah, it would knock them out of the playoffs because we flip, we'd flip spots with them. Yeah, because Philadelphia will have uh, have games to hand on them. Philadelphia, I'll tell you what, Philadelphia has a gift. The best thing that ever happened to that team was that winter delay that happened back in January or something. Because without that, they don't have two games in hand. They only got one, and one is, is only so much if you got a couple points on them. So uh, Philadelphia was given a gift, and that I hate them. They won't die. I just want them to go away. Kick them out of the league. Obviously, Rhodes. We got this. Hey, we swept them back in uh, 97. Yeah, that's true. We got them where it counts. Gentlemen, I've had a good time. All right, time to wrap things up, I guess. Pay the bills. <laughs> Pay the bills, Tony. All right, so thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing to the show, as always. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us a review there to let us know how you think we're doing. If you like the show, share it with your friends so they can listen. Hopefully they enjoy it, too. And uh, real quick before we leave, I know last week we brought this up, and Joe wasn't here, so we didn't get to get his answer on this. But so Joe, last week we had a fan question of if you guys could do this full time instead of uh, your current jobs, would you do this full time? 
Uh, is that even a question? You guys are like my lifelong friends. Yeah, I would do it full time. <laughs> I know that was. I mean, that was my answer too. Was like, hey, the people wanted to know it was from a gentleman named Cody in Miami, and he just he wrote in the wrote in the question. He's an avid listener, so we just had to give him a throw him a bone on that one. Hey, I know Cody. Cody's the man. He's hardcore. I love him. I'm honored that he even asked that question because it gives me optimism about the show. Cody, I would do this show full time, 100 percent, if we got paid good money because I gotta pay the bills. Damn right. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's that was kind of my answer. Was like. What are you talking about? I'm going to get paid to do what I would do anyway, talk sports with my friends? Hell yeah, I'm of course all in on that. Oh, yeah, so, man, I, mean, I mean, you, you got to imagine like the information we're getting. We're not, we're not getting fed like the, the top stuff. It's not our job to look at sports. We look at it because it's a leisure thing. We're all best friends. We've been best friends since we were kids. So this is just something we, we, we decided to do together, and it's how we keep in touch. You know, I'm, I'm on the other side of the country, and you know, it's, it's just it, it works out. It's a fun time, but I mean – Dude, it's like if we did it full time, then we could just hang out every day like we did when we were kids. I mean, that'd be that'd be a dream. You know, I know. So, it'd be awesome. One thing about us, if we did do this full time, though, would be the fact that I would never want us to have to censor ourselves. That's why it would probably still have to be a podcast, but it have to be like a, fo- a podcast that was on ESPN or Fox Sports, where you can keep it explicit and we can still, you know, just be ourselves, talk, being four best friends talking about sports. But so I think, I, I think it could be funnier with the censoring. I want the bleeping, like the like the ninety. <laughs> Me too. Bleeping, where we're like we're like they bleep it though, and like when you say like when you say fucking, but they only bleep out the K I N G part, so it's like fuck bleep. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> I've been saying that <laughs> like, since episode like one, screw, boys. <laughs> like on the Jerry Springer show, where they screw up all the bleeps and stuff. It's like you know what they're saying, dude. Just why bleep it, man? Like you, you, you can't even get the bleep on the right spot. <laughs> Put the put the little things over our mouths to make our mouths blurry, but the, like the blur is over here instead of like over the mouth. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. So, all right, Tony, close us out, man. Uh, it's been a good show. Thanks, Cody. I love you. Yeah. So if you're like Cody and you like the show, like I said, share it with your friends. You like like the show on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Revolutionary Sports Front. You can find us on Twitter, Twitter.com/slash RSF Podcast. You can also. Find the show at revolutionarysportsfront.com. Or if you have a question or have a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, shoot us an email at revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. And thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. Woo!